This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. It's great to see you guys virtually. It's amazing that we have technology um, that allows us to connect and meet, uh, even if it is virtually, even if it is via the internet. My name is George Lawrence. For those of you who, who don't know who I am, I am the young adults pastor here at Sheffer Stellenbosch. Uh, so I oversee the young workings, the young married people, those with kids as well. Um, I've got one of my own and uh, a little one on the way coming in the first week of September. So it's exciting times for us. Um, we're busy with a series that see us uh, kicked off a couple of weeks ago around God encounters, and if we think about it, if we if we if we look at Scripture, if we look at uh, the people that we find in Scripture, it's all about a God encounter. It's all about us encountering um, God the Father. It's all about about us encountering Jesus the Son and the Holy Spirit, uh, our God. That is three in one, part of the Apostles' Creed. And uh, it's something that's been going through my mind lately is just that I'm, that I'm a bit saddened by the, the culture, not in our church, but in, 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 in global church, because we, we approach this book as uh, a piece of intellectual property or, you know, a good advice book sometimes. And... Uh, we we come with a with almost an intellectual or academic attitude of I, I need to critique it I need to find its flaws uh, which is not always helpful and it's not the way that the book was designed it's not what it is this is the living word of God and it should be changing our lives and transforming us into the image of Christ and I believe truly that we can have uh, an encounter with God every time that we approach the scriptures when we come to read the scriptures so on that note i just want to pray for us because we're going to come to the scriptures today we're going to come to to john 9 we're going to read the the whole chapter um, luckily it's not a whole bunch of theology it's, it's it's a great story of someone who encountered jesus um, and what happened to his life uh, when he encountered jesus but as we come to to to, to john chapter 9 today let us truly ask God to open our eyes, to open our, the eyes of our understanding. As Sia spoke last week uh, in our morning service, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because the last uh, eye test that I had to do at, a, uh, at the traffic department to renew my license, I, I almost failed. I didn't fail, but I, but I almost failed it because I actually wear glasses because I can't see far and I forgot my glasses on that day. So I just just passed my, my eye exam um, and that's not the way that I want to live spiritually but funny enough I am also colorblind uh, so we're a church full of colorblind pastors but praise the Lord he gives us discernment to see um, things that other people don't necessarily see. I remember uh, preparing for our wedding my wife's wedding and she was showing me the colors and I I was perplexed by why she wanted brown, the color brown as a color scheme for our wedding. I need to find out afterwards that it was maroon and not brown. Um, but 
yeah, it's 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 fun and it's it's exciting being colorblind sometimes. It's an adventure, always. Um, but let's ask God to, as we come to the scriptures today, to to open our eyes, um, that we would see Him, that we would encounter Him. Let's pray. God, we come to you today, and we simply ask that you would open the eyes of our understanding, that we wouldn't just read words and we wouldn't just get a great story, but that we would encounter you, that we would put ourselves in in the shoes of some of the characters in the story that we're about to read, that we would experience um, your love, that we would experience your conviction. Holy Spirit, we invite you to, to come and minister to us today. Thank you, Lord, that it's not in, in my ability to speak or to preach, but it's in you that comes to visit us in our homes, wherever we're streaming from right now, to, um, to encounter us and to transform us more into the image of Jesus. So we consecrate this time to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Um, so so on, on that note, I, I kind of... We're going to do a, a big piece of scripture. I'm going to read through it once just to set your expectations. I'm going to read through it once and uh, then I'm going to just touch on some points. And, and my, my aim today and, and what I feel the Lord is leading me and leading us to today is that we're just going to, I'm just going to give you guys some pointers and some guidelines. We're going to look at the overview. We're going to, we're going to really trust the Lord to encounter Jesus. But there's so much, there's so much in this chapter that we can go and study and that we can look at. There's, 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 quite a few sermons that can be preached um, of an hour long around this piece, but we're not going to get to that today. So I'm actually going to ask you to, to, in your time, if you feel the Lord lead you to do so, to take John chapter 9, the gospel of John chapter 9, and work through it and reflect on your own life and ask God to come and show you um, Maybe some places that we need to repent. Maybe some places that we find we're doing well. Um, and to ultimately give us sight that we would see him for who he truly is. Let us read together John chapter 9 verse 1. As he was passing by, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples questioned him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus answered. This came about so that God's works might be displayed in him. We must do the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After he said these things, he spit on the ground, made some mud from the saliva, and spread the mud on his eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he left, washed, and came back seeing. His neighbors and those who formerly had seen him as a beggar said, Isn't this the man who sat begging? Some said, He is the one. No, others were saying, but he looks like him. He kept saying, I am the one. Therefore they asked him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered them, The man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes and told me, Go to Siloam and wash. So when I went and washed, I received my sight. Where is he? They asked. I don't know, the man said. He brought the man who, they brought the man who used to be blind to the Pharisees. The, the day that Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes was a Sabbath. So again, the Pharisees asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, he told them. I washed and I can see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he doesn't keep the Sabbath. Talking about Jesus. 
But others were saying, how can a sinful man perform such signs? And there was division among them. Again, they asked the blind, the blind man, what do you say about him since he opened your eyes? He is a prophet, he said. The Jews did not believe this about him, that he was blind and received sight, until they summoned the parents of the one who had received his sight. They asked them, is this your son, the one you say, who, you say was born blind? How then does he now see? We know this is our son, and that he was born blind, his parents answered, but we don't know how he now sees, and we don't know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they were afraid of the Jews, since the Jews had already agreed that if anyone confessed him as Messiah, he would be banned from the synagogue. This is why his parents said, he is of age, ask him. So a second time they summoned the man who had been blind and told him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner, referring to Jesus again. He answered, Whether or not he is a sinner, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, and now I can see. Then they asked him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? I already told you, he said, and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? You don't want to become his disciples too, do you? They ridiculed him. You're that man's disciple, but we're Moses' disciples. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but this man, we don't know where he's from. This is an amazing thing, the man told them. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but if anyone is God-fearing and does his will, he listens to him. Throughout history, no one has ever heard of someone opening the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God... He, would, he wouldn't be able to do anything. You were born entirely in sin, they replied, and you are trying to teach us? Then they threw him out. When Jesus, that, when Jesus heard that they had thrown the man out, he found him and asked, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? He asked. Jesus answered, You have seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. I believe, Lord, he said, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment in order that those who do not see will see, and those who do see will become blind. Some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these things and asked him, We aren't blind too, are we? If you were blind, Jesus told them, you wouldn't have sin. But now that you say we see, your sin remains. This is the word of God. And it's a, and it's a fascinating story considering that Jesus has been a, on a little bit of a, a on a road of war, waging war against the, the Pharisees and their ideals and, and their traditions. So there's already a lot of tension between them. And it's, and it, you know, it's, it's a fascinating story in, in, in one sense that there's this, there's this crazy miracle that happens. Um, we, we sing it in, in Amazing Grace you know, I was once blind and now I see. We, we, we refer to it continually. And, and, and to an extent, I believe that, that many of us can say, once I was blind and, and now I see. Um, and, and, and Jesus interacts with this man beautifully. He, he, does, a, he does a weird... Um, he, say, he says something weird, you know, because in, in Jewish tradition, they believe that if someone was born with a with the impairment, so either, either crippled or blind or deaf or something like that, it had to do with the sin. Either 
um, they became blind or deaf or, or crippled because of sin in their lives, or they um, were born that way because of their parents' sin. So they, they naturally assume that this man has sinned in his life, and the disciples walk past and they, and they say, Jesus, this, this man sitting here, you know, who, who sinned, him or his parents? And Jesus has a, has a very interesting response. And he says, no, 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 neither, neither him or his parents sinned. But it is this way so that God's works may be revealed. And I interpret it to, to be that God's glory may be revealed and that people, people may worship him. And uh, this, this gives us, it, it's, it's difficult sometimes to deal with, with a piece of scripture like this. But I think it's beautiful in the same sense to, to understand that some things in our walk with Jesus are going to end up in a mystery box. You know, that his ways are higher than our ways. Isaiah 55, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And we're not always going to understand the way that God works and why he does certain stuff and why he doesn't do certain stuff. But what this scripture makes clear is that God is going to work all things together for his glory, that his works may be revealed. So his goodness may be revealed in this world. And um, that it, it gives us confidence to know that God will always show his works and God will always be a good father irrespective of, of our view. And, and if we don't understand things, we can put it in our mystery box and we can deal with it. Let's not just throw it away or write it off or, or you know, become offended with what Scripture says. And the next thing that Jesus does is he, he, he puts his hands, um, he spits into the mud, into the clay, and, and he wipes his hands in it and then he wipes it in the guy's eyes. And, and, you know, we can just take it as this is something weird. But we can also understand that Jesus is, is the Son of God. And there is this, this illusion to God creating. As He created Adam from the dust, He made him um, with His breath. There is this uh, symbolism, there's this, there's this correlation between Jesus and, and the spit that He puts in um, the mud and, and you know, taking the mud and putting it on the guy's eyes that, that reflects something of, of God creating something new. And not only God creating something new, but also telling us that He's not done working in this world. That He is still active. That He is still interested in the people around us and that He's making things new. He tells this man, Jesus puts the mud on the guy's eyes and He, uh, he tells him, go, get up, go and wash yourself in the pool of Siloam and, uh, and you'll be healed. And this man, from, from two things, you know, uh, th there seems to be a desperation. I can, I can just imagine how it must, I, well, I can't even imagine what it must be like to be completely blind, to not be able to see. You're really set back, you're really impaired. And um, there, but what I do know is that there is certainly a desperation within this man to be able to contribute to life. Remember, he's a beggar because he can't work. He can't do anything, but he's desperate. And now Jesus comes and, you know, he, he, he gives this guy a glimmer of hope to say, go and, go and wash and, and, and you will be healed. Um, and out of desperation, this man takes a massive step of faith. You know, imagine yourself in that situation. A guy spits in the mud, rubs some mud on your eyes, and you, you really have no idea what's going on, but you just have this guy rubbing mud on your face. 
And he says, go and wash and you'll be healed. You must really have an understanding of your need to be healed. To put your faith in someone and say, well, I'm going to go wash myself. You know, just in case I'm, I'm actually healed. And this guy comes back and he is completely healed. And then there's this fascinating exchange that happens. That he comes back. And his neighbors, the people that have known him most of his life, have lived around him, know exactly who this guy is. Some of them say, wow, this is the guy that was blind. We can see it is him. Other people say, no, 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 this is not this guy. This is not the guy. It's, it's just someone like him. So it tells me that there is a, such a change in this guy that comes about when Jesus touches him, when, G, when, he, when he encounters Jesus, that people almost don't recognize him recognize him and i think this is so true for for us in our lives that that a, a true encounter with god needs to change our lives and needs to shape and we, there needs to be a shift in the way that we do things in the way that we think about things and 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 i rem, and you know this this became very real to me and i don't want to belittle anybody um who who has great ex- experiences um, and, and I'm not going to put a limit on God because God can do, as we see in the scripture, he can do um, things that are out of, out of our frame of reference. But when we encounter Jesus, it, it, it's not about um, how, how long we can lie on our faces in, in worship. And I, and I realize this having a child in church, you know, that you seem to look around you and the younger people and, and, you know, the people that are single or the, what they're having these deep experiences with God. But, and, and, and it's great. And, you know, they could have great experiences, but here I am with my child in my arms and I'm hopping up and down because she needs to sleep now. And I'm not experiencing necessarily that, that um, it doesn't feel to me as if God's doing such a deep work in my life. But what, what I do know is that when I have encountered Jesus with my baby in my arms and my child in my arms or not lying on the floor, is that if I have encountered Jesus, my life needs to look different. People need to notice that there is something different about me. Once, you know, he was walking in one way and now he's walking in another. He was blind. He couldn't see. He was a beggar. But now he's walking around and it seems like he can contribute to society. I, I hope you understand standing where, where I'm saying what, what I'm saying. Um, then, then the Pharisees are confused. Um, and, and, and I'm not going to go into detail. You can go and look into it. But, but there's this back and forth. The Pharisees, um, they, you know, they're confused between Jesus is not from God because he doesn't keep the Sabbath. So he's, he's sinning. And then others, half of the Pharisees or other part of the Pharisees say, but, um, but can a sinner, can a man who is a sinner who doesn't keep the Sabbath do such miracles? And, and then there's division between them. And then they all of a sudden switch over to saying, no, but you, you were never blind. You were never blind and, and you were faking it, basically. So then they call the, 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 the man's parents in and they, and they say, tell us, what was this man? What, was he blind? And the parents are obviously scared of the Jews, the Pharisees, and, and what they'll say of being kicked out. So there's already this, this thing of between the Pharisees, and you can read from John 1 to 8, there's already this thing in the, between the Pharisees and Jesus where they say, okay, if anybody preaches, if anybody believes in this name Jesus, 
they're just going to he's just going to kick them out they do they're going to kick them out and so the parents are scared and they say well you know we well, what we do know is he was blind and and now he sees we don't know how we you know but but ask him he's he's of age he's old enough that you can ask him and he can answer for himself he's a man um but but ask him and then the pharisees call him in again and um then they say but jesus is a sinner and he can't do these things and the man replies and he says well whether he's a sinner or not this i don't know but what i do know i do know that i've encountered jesus i've encountered him physically that i was blind and now i see and oftentimes this is the power of our testimony that sometimes we don't have everything sorted you know sometimes we we, we don't know exactly what we think about um god commanding moses and joshua to to, to wipe out um people um people groups um you know we, we don't know we don't necessarily know what to make of it and, we, and our doctrine is not necessarily sorted out and that's fine that's that's 100 percent fine as long as we know that we've had an encounter with jesus to say that i was once blind and now i see i was once dead and now i'm alive spiritually i was once in darkness and now i am in the light and um then this man is conf- a bit confused because you know they, they ask him again and again and he's like okay but like this is an amazing thing you don't know who he is but um yet he 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 opened my eyes and and never has it been and and i think if we if we had to ask optometrists and things now and people now is, is it would be the same is is it's not very possible it's it's for people who are born blind to receive sight without some supernatural intervention and they then go on to say but but we are disciples of moses and this the, there's this pride that keep kicks in um and God has spoken to Moses, but we don't know where this man comes from. And then this man says, but this is an amazing thing. I was once blind and now, and now I see. And um, there's, this, there's this utter pride that comes into the Pharisees that they cannot even identify someone who has encountered Jesus. They cannot identify that, that the Son of God has just come in. And, and, and there's the scripture in Luke 18 where it's talking about a tax collector and, and a sinner and the tax collector i'm, I'm just gonna i'm just gonna yeah you know, maybe paraphrase it for us um i have it here on my notes and it says so i'm not going to paraphrase i'm going to read it um, it says god this is what the pharisee says he enters into the temple um, to give him worship and to give sacrifice he says god i thank you that i am not like other men exhort uh, um unjust adulterers or even like this tax collector the tax collector is also in the temple i fast twice a week i give tithes of all that i get you know there's this this pompous pride to be like you know what god i do everything that i i do everything that that i need to do and and i'm here to receive my blessing you know what i i deserve my blessing so so bring it on bring it on god and the tax collector says and uh, but the tax collector unwilling to even lift his eyes to heaven simply prayed god be merciful to me a sinner and there is this 
there is this play, and, and, and as you read further on in in this this piece in John nine, you see how Jesus brings it um, more and more clear that he heals the the man's physical blindness. All right, he couldn't see; his eyes were closed, and now he can see. But more than that, he goes on, and um, I love what what what, and and, and so. After this, sorry, I'm, I'm jumping around a bit, but there's this tax collector and, and the Pharisee. And this is the attitude that the Pharisees have. But this man who is blind has this attitude of, of God, I need help. I, I really need help. So, so when Jesus comes along, this man is so desperate for help. And he, and he, he acknowledges his state of helplessness, his state of, of being blind to say, help, just, just help me. Give me sight. I'll do anything. I'm desperate and I have the faith to be healed. Where the Pharisees are like, we've got everything sorted. We know how God works. We know when, you know, we, we've encountered God in a certain way. Moses, God spoke to Moses. Moses has given us the law. And we are disciples of Moses and God spoke to Moses. But this that you're doing, we don't know. This is, this is not of God. This is actually sin. Um, and there's this, and, and, and after this, they, they, they throw him out of the temple. Um, you know, the, what, what they say is, you know, you're an utter sinner. This is, this is the most, this is the top point of arrogance for me. Um, you're an utter sinner. You were born in utter sin. And who are you to teach us as if the Pharisees don't have sin, right? The arrogance of um, esteeming yourself above others. And obviously we have the, the luxury of looking back and saying, having a full picture of the gospel, and we know that this is not the heart of the gospel. The heart of the gospel, um, of, of, of being Christ-like, sorry, not the gospel, is, is to esteem others higher than yourself. Do unto others as you would have done unto yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? It's, it's clear in Scripture that we need to esteem others, but there's this, there's this oppression of you are not like us, that the Pharisees say. Who, who are you to teach us? And the Pharisees throw him out. And John Chrysostom says, um, you can go look up who he is. Most people <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't bother who he is. But he says, the Jews cast him out of the temple and the Lord of the temple found him there. And it's so beautiful for me, this, this arrogance and pride. To, and blindness to what God has done. And they throw him out of the temple. And the Lord of the temple finds him there. And then he has this profound encounter with Jesus. And he says, you know, do, are you looking for the Son of Man? Do you believe in the Son of Man? Referring to the Son of God. And he says, show, show me to him. Like, just give it, like, bring him to me, bring me to him. And, and so that I can believe. And he says, it is me. Jesus says, it's me. That's talking to you. I am the Son of Man. I am the Son of God. And um, this man says, you know, I believe. Um, and he worships him. And it's just so, so beautiful for me. God encounters us. We were once blind and, and, and now we see. And, and as we close, I, I want to I encourage you to, to go and read John chapter 9 again. Read it with your small group, read it with your family, and wrestle through 
this, this intense exchange between the man and the Pharisees, Jesus and the man, the parents, and, 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 and ask yourself a couple of questions around what are, what are my blind spots? Where, where am I blind? Where is the places that I've grown cold to God? That I say, I know it all. Because, you know, maybe, maybe you're sitting here and, and, and generally the morning services are, you know, are filled with families and people who, who have walked in life a bit. And then, um, and I'm assuming I've walked with God for at least a, a, a little while. And when you think back to that time when you just got saved and how zealous you were, how, how grateful you were, how, um, how much you worshipped, and, and maybe maybe we're in a place, maybe you've been there before and, and, and there's, there's been revival in your heart, there's been a bit of an awakening in your heart to, um, to worship God again fully. But sometimes we find ourselves getting to a place where we, uh, where we say, you know, when I come to Scripture, I know what the Bible says. You know, I, I, I know what God wants to tell me. I've read it all, I've seen it all, and there's nothing new to me. Um, you know, I've, I've got it figured out. I've been there, I've, I've done that. When last did you encounter God? When last did you encounter Jesus in a way that He, he changed your life? He shifted you from light, from darkness into light. He shifted you from being blind in an area to seeing again. He shifted you maybe to some of the areas in your life that's dead, to being alive. I was, um, I was on a call this week with a, with a couple of guys um, and, and, and we did a bit of a study on the Sermon on the Mount. And, uh, you know, I, I, a question was asked and I started with um, responding that, that I've done quite an extensive study of the Sermon on the Mount. So from my view, this and this and this, and I started, and I started you know, giving a bit of a, um, just an introduction, just laying the ground for it. And, and we wrestled with a, with a passage for a bit. And um, I realized that, that I thought I'd made it. I came to scripture saying, I, I, know, what this, I know what this is saying. And, 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 we, can, and we can never do that. Um, to an extent, we can say, yes, this is the storyline. But there is no end to the depth of Scripture. See, I said it last week so beautifully, you know, that, that we need a revelation of who Jesus is. And when we read over and over, coming with an attitude of saying, God, maybe there are areas in my life that I'm blind. Maybe there's areas in my life that I need to see. Blind spots, dead spots, um, Places of my life that are in darkness, that are that are that are not in the light. Would you would you come and show it to me? Would you come and speak to me in the word? Holy Spirit, come and bring conviction upon my heart to 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 see this. And I realized in this week having that conversation that I can never become, I, I cannot become like the Pharisees to say that I have it figured out because I've been saved for eleven years and I've been in church. You know, I was I was so challenged by um, this book that John Yip gave me, um, The Insanity of Obedience. And in, in the prologue, 
the the guy writes uh, about an encounter with with a with the, the underground church in China and an elder that pulls him aside because he, he gave them all the stats of like how many million people have come to salvation and how the church is growing and booming. And at this dinner with this elder from a house church, the elder said, I want to challenge you on your numbers. And he, and he backed up his numbers and he said, this is my research. This is my sources. You know, this is how I figured it out. And um, he said, yeah, it's fine. I'm, I'm happy with where your numbers come from, but I want to make a distinction that, that you know about two-thirds of the people in the chi- in the church in China um, they go to church they tithe they read their Bible they pray there is there is the, the, you know they're part of the church they're members of our church but there is a third around about a third of our people that are truly followers of Jesus because they are making disciples of others and they're sharing the gospel they're sharing their testimony of what God has done because they cannot keep silent because they've encountered God that's maybe my challenge um, our challenge this morning is have we encountered God and if we have encountered God are we keeping that encounter for ourselves are we keeping our testimony for ourselves or are we going out and sharing it with the people around us, the woman at the well that Sia so often shares. Um, we love that story because the woman directly went and she just went to go and share what happened with her. Peter and John at the at the at, at the gate when they don't have silver or gold um, in, in Acts four to to give the man, but they they tell him stand up and walk. And this man runs into the synagogue and says that it is God has intervened in my life. Are we partaking in the mission of God? Or are we saying we've been there, we've done that, we have the t-shirt? So I want to trust, I want to pray with us, um, I want to pray for us this morning, that our eyes would be open, and I want to challenge us to to take Scripture and to ask God to show us again, um, keep our hearts soft, and to be students and say, Jesus, teach me, Jesus, show me yourself in the Scriptures. Holy Spirit, come and reveal yourself to me during the day. And then to share our testimonies with those around us, to be true followers of Christ. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for the life that it brings. And Lord, we know that um, you've brought us from death to life, from darkness to light. You've given us sight when we were blind, Lord. But we know that there are many blind spots and dark areas in our life. And we pray that you come and show us. Come and encounter us again, that we would be revived, to be uh, on fire and passionate for your word. And not only um, just to, to, to feel it, but to share it with others around us. God, I pray for people who, who are maybe streaming in and have never encountered you. I pray, God, that you would encounter them where they are right now. That you would come and pour your love and your mercy and your grace. That you would come and reveal your Father heart um, to them now. In the name of Jesus Christ, um, that they would respond, that they would respond with joy and repentance of sin, and that they would be able to confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in their heart that you rose from the dead, so that they would be saved in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, empower us to be the church, empower us to live holy lives and share our testimonies with those around us, that we would see. Our families see our workspaces influenced and infiltrated with 
God encounters. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.